You're listening to the Salon Soul Brothers and Sisters 7 at 7 interviews with tonight's guest, Paul Davy of Davy Davy, developer of Elements Education and Hairdressing Live. Good evening, Salon Soul Brothers and Sisters, and welcome to the Hump of the Week 7 at 7. I've got an amazing guest this evening um, who's literally hit everything and done everything within the industry to date. Um, we... we we're into our second week of lockdown here in Republic of Ireland. I think the third week in Northern Ireland and in the UK, it's a varying degree, I think, of different lockdowns. And um, it's just a, a crazy time in our industry. But we want to we're positive and we want to keep going. I want to keep on the front foot and we want to keep uh, putting these interviews out so that people can get a bit of inspiration and maybe a bit of a smile and a bit of a mo- their soul back into their business. So tonight's guest is the one and only Mr. Paul Davy of Davy Davy and founder of the amazing Hairdressing Live, an inspiration to me, and I think a, a trailblazer within their industry, Paul, that's what I'd have to say. So, Paul, welcome. Oh, my God, that was an amazing introduction. Greg, thank you so much. And do you know what? I love your energy. Your energy is infectious to me. You know that? I always love chatting to you, and it's, uh, you've got so much passion. I love it. Absolutely love it. Tell my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to shoot far away, Paul, straight into the, the, the first question. And why did you choose a, a, a career in hairdressing? Yeah, why did I choose a career in hairdressing? Um, I guess one of, the, one of the main reasons why I, I, you know, I kind of fell into it. I know a lot of people would say that I fell into the hairdressing um, as such. Nobody in my family ever did hairdressing. Um, my brother and I literally locally could not get our hair cut the way we wanted it. Um, we, we experienced some dodgy times going through our haircuts, you know, with all these tram lines, undercutting. I mean, we were very cool back then, but very young. Um, and nobody could really do it locally or nobody actually wanted to do it locally. Mm. Um, any of the hairdressers that we went to see, uh, maybe we didn't go around enough but um, always sort of talked us out of it. So my mum and dad actually just bought us a clippers, my brother and I, a pair of clippers. And we started cutting hair at home ourselves. And one thing led to another. We started cutting more friends and more friends started, the message started getting um, a little bit wider, further afield where like fathers and sons started coming down to our, uh, my, my, my parents actually set up their garage, <clears throat> like into a studio. So it's kind of like in here, actually, this is my studio space at the moment, but um, it's, uh, it's, uh, they turned it into like a punch bag. They've got a, they've got a table, tennis table, darts, table, uh, darts board, and all these guys started coming down and we were, you know, we were charging like, you know, 50 cent, 50p or uh, one, one pound back then. Jeez, I'm going back a long time, aren't I? I sound really old there, <laughs> um, but the, that, that's what we were charging. And, you know, it just it just led me into when I was coming to leave school, what was I good at? I love cutting hair and yeah. I just wanted to explore the wider variety of our job. So, I mean, I know I was just men's hairdressing. I was doing barbering work. I was doing that, um, you know, inside out, back to front, realistically at the time. And I just wanted to open up a, a, a different sort of, um, you know, uh, different tool, a different sort of um you know, learning um, around hairdressing. So I wanted to work with women, do hair up and everything about that that was really attracted me towards towards the craft, really. Just that, well, there, Paul, yourself and Ian, is there just the two of you? Just, just the two of us, yeah. Just yeah. the two. Um, um, how did the parents feel? Because they just both have that drive to become hairdressers. 
Well, I think I think so. We both cut hair. We both always cut our friends' hair. Yeah. You know, he did his friends, I did my friends, and then people come around. So simultaneously, like but two of us would be sharing clients, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And mom and dad are happy to with the career choice. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, he went on to do after he left school, he went on to do a business uh, business uh, course he did. And I went into hairdressing and then he came back to hairdressing and then he went off to London. He went off to Liverpool first, worked in an incredible salon there in Liverpool and then went to, um, um, to work in Charles Worthington. And Charles Worthington back then, this is, this is at the time I'd moved to Ireland actually. So my brother went to London, worked in Charles Worthington, got a really good foundation there with- What with enticed them. you to Dublin? Pardon me? What enticed you to Dublin? Instead of the me to Dublin. London. Yeah. Well, it was our friend David Barnett, actually, um, you know, HPS um, training. So he basically um, invited me over because there was jobs going there and he wanted a mate over there as well. Um, myself and David went to school together and I knew his family really well. So, um, and Ireland didn't seem that far away from Wales, which is not actually, it's only 56 yeah, miles yeah. to be precise, but um, it's not that far. And I kind of, I was 17, I was young, I was confident, you know, busting with energy, trying to make a career for myself. And I just wanted to work somewhere great, get a good education, get a good foundation, and actually be around great, you know, uh, like-minded people. And when I got the job in Tony and Guy, I really felt at home there. There was, you know, great energy, great um, creativity there. Um, a lot of amazing hairdressers stemmed from that route, I've got to say. Um, and it really, you know, I've seen so many people grow into these phenomenal either session hairdressers, you know, they did like magazines internationally, you had business people, you had management teams. Um, and plus Alan's vision was generally to incre uh, increase the, the amount of salons doing franchising. And you know what, I was a part of that movement, if you like, and I was in, in, inspired or influenced by that movement to kind of want to do um, a salon myself. So we were quite young. We were very young. We were, I was, um, I was 17 starting in Tony and Guy. I think by 21, I was I was looking at my first salon. 22 that, actually got in that there. Moves, that moves then in, lovely into the second question. Why did you become a salon owner? A salon owner? Yeah. Well, it was, honestly, I, I put it down to the... In, you know the influence around me at the time I really do do that um, I wouldn't change what I did um, or the movement I did um, I was very I, I look at going into the that, that business at that time the Tony and Guy um, the franchising situation almost like my college as a business if you like I really learned a huge amount I, I networked with some amazing other business owners um, obviously, everybody wanted to succeed around us. Um, so we took inspiration from loads of different business people, older, um, more mature than us, who had that experience to kind of, you know, guide us in the right direction, what, what to do and what not to do as well with business. Well, you, you, you know? got to rub shoulders with probably one of my favourite hairdressers of all time, and that's Anthony Moscolo, you know. Oh, yeah. Like, Anthony, to me, was just a, the breath of fresh air for hairdressing going back to when I started like he was the rock god of hairdressing Wasn't and he? I only barely dipped in and out of Anthony's life you know what I mean in various events but you actually got to work very closely with him over the years yeah I mean very very close I mean 
we'd done lo loads of pho photography shoots. He started doing a lot of photography at that time. And um, to stand up on stage with him, you know, in, in presentations was, I mean, it was mind blowing to get off stage with such a buzz and such a, a high to be able to do that with such a, an incredible hairdresser. That really changed the landscape realistically for hairdressing it was always Sassoon and it was Sassoon yeah. driven education wasn't it for many years and then yeah. Tony Guy came in and it was Anthony that really spearheaded that and really changed it up didn't he so there was two well, I, I met him in London when I was only a young hairdresser and I just I was like yourself eager beaver and I was at a, a in L'Oreal on a course and, and basically the guys and Tony and Guy that were teaching you're really interested and I went yeah yeah do you want to come down to the salon tonight and have a look and we're having a meeting and I went down and I called in and the guy goes we're gonna have a, we have a new manager just sit down the back there's loads of stuff nobody leaving no and I got to sit in and then they went oh we're going around the corner of the pub Anthony will be there and I actually first time and I remember him then talking about I'm getting into photography I can't get photographers to take the images I want so I'm gonna to have to learn how to do them and I think it was 25 years later when he opened up, I think it was when he opened up the TG Academy in London and I was there and I actually said to him, you don't remember me, but I remember you. Yeah. But just want to, I said, I want to just say something to you that 20 odd years ago, I met you as the younger member of the brothers and you said what you were going to do in the industry. And I just want to remind you, because probably people don't tell you this, you done everything that you said that night you were going to do and more. The man hugged the life out of me as if I just told him he'd won the lottery. And his face welled up and he went, wow, that's just so nice. To, and, it, and it is. It's sometimes where we don't always appreciate what we've done ourselves. And, and you know, I, I just felt that that connection. I see Anthony Muscolo in you in that sense. You know oh, what I mean? The influence that are there. Nobody no, they, they, they drive and what you've done with hairdressing live and that yeah, and that's why I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about what inspired you to become a salon owner. But then with the franchise, as you said, you served your apprenticeship as a, a salon owner as a franchisee. Yeah, but correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, you weren't even long that open and you actually won the L'Oreal Colour Trophies, did you? Um franchise yeah, actually, you're right. Um I think we were open four years actually. Before we before we I was went there that night, and I kind of went, "Wow, these these guys are bouncing yeah. on the scene," you know. And yeah. then it wasn't long after that, which is how long did you do the franchise before Davy Davy became? Um, I think. Well, we did it for nine years. We did the franchise for nine years. We were oh, about yeah. to renew yeah. contracts. Wow, in the tenth year, but we, we we then we wanted to go. I mean, look, I I I looked at that segue. It was a it was a lovely segue into the the whole Davy Davy thing. Um, when when you work in a in a you know a franchising situation you learn so much and it's all about the franchise and that's an amazing thing an amazing thing you learn so much it's all about the brand image but i guess when you grow and you you evolve you you change a little bit um you wanted to do we wanted to do other things as well and we wanted the opportunity to kind of branch into different areas as well and it would have been harder to do that under a under a franchise situation as yeah. as it should be as it should be because as, as a franchise, you know, you have to obviously keep the, the brand image and, the, mm. you know, you can't have loads of people doing different things. It has to be under the same umbrella. So for us, it was like a, a nice segue into, you know, thank you very much. We learned huge amounts and I applaud that so much. I mean, I can't thank Tony and Guy enough um, for the career that they, they gave me. Um, but my brother and I just wanted to go on a different route with Davey Davey and just to put our own a name above the door. It was, an, it was a magical moment to stick your own name above the door. 
And it was and, in the days uh, Larry, like it was such a trendy hub, wasn't it? You know what I mean? Like that yeah. the whole area, you know, it was just, I, I think it was just a perfect fit. It was a perfect fit. It was, it, was, it was a perfect fit. I mean, if, if you ask me, was there anything that we'd like to change about the salon? That's, I w- that's the next question. I'll lead into that because you're leading. Ah, right. Okay. Coach, if you if you could look looking back to when you opened the salon, if you could do something differently, what would you do? Okay. So I mean, so, sorry, I, I wasn't gonna. I was just gonna say if 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 we could have made that salon slightly bigger, you yeah. know, the Drury Street Salon. It's a beautiful yeah, yeah. street. It's a beautiful. I mean, I always said to myself, and Ian says to himself as well, as something like a ten seat salon be perfect, and that you know catered for ten seats. And it was perfect. That was three basins, 10 seats, really good team, um, quality. It was all, all to do with like getting good people working with us. Mm. So that was what it was about, realistically. So sorry, um, uh, yeah. cut across you there. But yeah, so if I would do anything different, I don't think I would do anything different about what I have, what we've done. I absolutely, I wouldn't change one thing. So you think I, the salon size? That's what you're saying. Was perfect. That's exactly what you wanted. You wouldn't look back and say, "Oh, we should have gone for twenty seat or salon." No, no. I, I, th- I think we we still could do ten seats, but like a like a slightly bigger space. Still the ten seats, but just a slightly bigger space for us to have worked in. Maybe a holding area for more colors. Maybe that 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 would have been more nicer to have have had. But in regards to the business side of things, I always realistically. Um, I don't really dwell on what what we should have done or what we could have done. And you, you'll actually kill yourself. I mean, I would I'd always beat myself up. Otherwise, I mean, I always treat it as you know, I'm like a gardener. Do you know what I mean? There's like architects and gardeners. A gardener is generally somebody that clips. You know, they plant a tree, they clip it, they groom it, and find out which way it's going to go. They don't know direct, you know, 100% which way it's going to go. But you groom it and you cultivate it along the way. My career is completely like that. And I, you know, I look at my business career and I look at how it's evolved and my, my likes and dislikes and my ambitions, my vision may change over the years. So I'm clipping and cultivating to find out which way I'm going, yeah. you know, and, and our business is no different. I mean, we started with the core team of, of staff. My team were phenomenal. I would not change it for the world. Mm. I mean, you get one or two that leave and more people join in and, you get a couple more that leave and you more people but once you have the vision and once you have the sort of the culture really um you know embedded in that in that salon when people come into that bubble they fit into that culture they really do fit into that culture and they naturally progress with you so it's over time they naturally progress so leading in what makes an amazing salon or their amazing salon what makes an amazing salon? Yeah, what do you feel? Um, well, I I always I always believe um, a good a good team always, um, you know, it starts with the boss. Obviously, it starts with the boss creating this environment for people to work in the vision, everything. But a good team creates a good culture. So I mean, what I mean when you sort of unpack that, let's unpack that. It's very American, isn't it? Um, let's unpack that. Yeah, we love them American analogies. What's that? I love all the American analogies. Yeah. It's not like but, the president. Um, well, who does? <laughs> I mean, a good team. What's that What's that built up with? You know, it's built up with like-minded people. Um, people who are interested in and passionate about the industry. I think that rubs off on other people around them. 
if you've got people that don't care about hairdressing, they they've no no joy, no drive, no want to kind of progress or involvement in the hairdressing industry. Everybody that comes into that environment is going to have the same you know same you know um, inspiration from them. Yeah. But when you have a group of people that are really into it, right? I mean, really into it, like always wanting to progress, always wanting to challenge themselves, always wanting to kind of personally develop through it rubs off on so many other people you know and I and I do believe that attitude you know people that want to like at a young age there's different way there's different people within that uh, that make up a good salon you know at a young age you've got the you know the assistants and they've got to be almost like yes people to open up so many doors mm. So people can ask them to do things. If they keep saying no, or they have the attitude of going, oh, yeah, doors get closed around them and people stop asking them to do things. So that avenue goes that direction. But at a young age, you need to be open to open up doors and say yes to a lot of things. When you get a little bit older, you get a little bit more mature, you get a bit more experience. Then you can start saying, oh, no, no, I'll take, I can take this on. I can not maybe take that on. When you get to a certain level where you don't have to, you know, say yes to everything. You can handpick and, and cherry pick one things that you do. But um, at a young age, you need to have that, you need to build that culture with people that they can say yes and rub shoulders with as many people as possible. So they have to say yes to things and doors get opened. I do believe in that, you know? Well, you're, you're the guy that I, I always remember that when I think of this quote, I always think of you. And, and that was your, your, your network is your net worth. You know what yes, I mean? So it's like with the young assistant in the salon, the, the more they make themselves available to different members of the team, the more experienced people, the more open that stylist is to pass on the knowledge to them. You know what I mean? So it's, it's when we take it to the next level as a salon owner, and, that, and that's one of the reasons I, I started this group was the fact that the amount of times we would meet at events, me, you and I, and, 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 that, and we'd share inspirations. But that's not happening now. And that's why I wanted to try and keep that alive by correcting really brothers and sisters that yet this is a place where we can just, even just by looking at a quote, go, oh yeah, that's put a bit of smile on my face, listening to these interviews that, you know, that you're pointing the direct in the direction. Because the one thing I would feel with the salon is one size doesn't fit all. And the one thing I would feel is that what, what Paul Davey records as a salon might be the perfect fit for some young person out there who wants to start a salon your journey might be their journey. Sarah's yeah. might have been the one last week. And that's why we want to try and accumulate it because that's what we're saying is that the, your journey, Paul Davies' journey is not Rossadana's journey. The similarities yeah. and, and, and the same, but we want to try and get with these interviews is that, look, have a look at these interviews and try and look at Paul's journey. That might be the journey for you. You know yeah. what I mean? It might not, you know, because... You and I know, that, uh, you know, many. You're in probably the most congested area of hair salons in Dublin. I know we and are. I think it's just if you talk, it's just the hairdressers. No, it's not. All these have their own identity, their own following, their own fan base, as I'd like to call it, and yet they're unique to the salon owners. But what the all the salon owners have is a passion for what happens under their roof. Yeah, one hundred percent. for the people. Yeah. So leading on to the next. Well, I'm actually really interested in this question because you've, you've brushed shoulders with so many. Who do you admire most as a mentor? And you can have several if you want. Oh, yeah, I, you know what? I couldn't, I couldn't say one. You know, I really couldn't say one. I mean, there's so many different things. I mean, I speak to my parents every day. 
you know, would, would they be my mentors? I mean, they possibly <laughs> offload a lot of stress for me. <laughs> they could, um, uh, absolutely amazing people. Um, but in regards to, you know, work environments, I mean, David is always somebody I always speak to quite regular. He is a coach and, uh, you know, he coaches many, many salons and very successful at it. And I love his angle. David's always so positive and everything. And I love his, uh, you know, his, his, the way his, his brain thinks. And I, it's always nice and refreshing to talk to him, you know. Um, so I would have talked to him quite often. Do you know what? I, I will have to say, you see John Ma that just recently yeah, passed yeah. away. Uh, John okay. would have been um, a person I would have talked to quite regular as well. I mean, I, I, I say we wouldn't have talked every week, but you maybe every couple of months we would have met up and had like a, a bit of breakfast and maybe a lunch or something or, uh, you know, some, some a couple of pints. And we would have always, you know, done a bit of sparring with each other on like, oh, what do you, what do you think of this? You know, and it's, it's always nice to have that. Yeah. Um, but creatively, I would, I would have to say, you know, Eugene Solomon, uh, Anthony Muscolo. I mean, those guys are mentors. I mean, they don't know that they're mentors, but, you know, they mentored me through my career by watching their career yeah, evolve. You know, I would, I would definitely say uh, on different levels of people that I would like chat with and you know I think I think I think you share the same interest as I share as well the more people you talk with the more network you have around you you rub shoulders with incredible people you brainstorm you engage you spar you you do loads of different things it can it can ground you it can really you, I think you need that I think you need that network of people so you can have these conversations with yeah, I suppose well, the more I re when I say this question now, the more I rethink it back in my head is that it, the, you have different mentors for different stages of your life and different stages of your career. So mm -hmm. like it, it's like if you, if you my go to person now from a business point of view and from the way I look at people is Simon Sinek. Okay, nothing I haven't read about the man I, I'd say I probably could find a shopping list if I looked far enough for it because I, everything on YouTube but it, it used to be maybe Tony Robbins but, but but as I got older I realized that Tony is amazing but the journey of the million pound thing and 47 companies and owning 450 million that is not me yeah, it's yeah. the yeah. thing of is your business is people and and the, and the better leaders are the people who, who look after their people and, and that the longer I'm around, the more I, I think that fits me as a person and fits the type of salon owners I generally hang around with because a lot of us aren't building an empire of salons. We're, we're happy to have the perfect um, culture going on within our building or, you know, buildings. I will definitely share the same interest in Anthony Robbins as you did there. I mean, I read the book I've done. Um, I went to his uh, presentation in London yeah. and absolutely blew my mind. Yeah. yeah, yeah, blew my mind. It was amazing. It really was. I was, I was high on life. I'd be honest with you, and he was a big mentor to me. I mean, I, in that in that regard, without him, you know, obviously picking up the phone or whatever. But I'm, I was, I was referring to more personal. But I've read it. I've read uh, a few of his books. I've read his finance book as well. Actually, really good yeah. book. I have a good book too. <laughs> You've read it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, really, I really good. Halfway through, and then I kind of went, "Oh, this is." You know, I, I need to park this for a while and then I'll come back to it again. You know, I, I yeah. tend to have about 10 books on the go, Paul. And it depends on where my mind is when I, the yeah. Kindle to me was the best invention ever. So I, I'm not, 
a traditionalist that goes to paper. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. like the fact that I can pick up the Kindle and just go. That's what I'm into. I'm reading about today. Like I'm this morning, I was reading. I'm reading Tyson Fury's autobiography, and I'm not a massive boxing fan, but just the, his person and and what he's achieved and what he's overcome interests me. And especially in the times we're in at the moment, where people's mental health is of the utmost, and, yes. and trying to keep people focused on the end game. And that leads me into the next question. All right. So what glass half full? Because that's me. It's what keeps me going is looking at the glass half full moments since July, since we reopened our businesses. Uh, we weren't expecting to close. What would be a glass half full or a couple of glass half full moments that you felt? Yeah, that, that, that keeps me going. Um, I, would, I, would, I would say my, I mean, glass half full moments. Is, is this what I would uh, refer to? I, I would I would say the, the completely different way we're working in salon now. Yeah. I think I mean for me I would never have implemented this sort of you know two team structure where we're working six six hours in the morning six hours in the evening and then reversing it both weeks and it gives us so much time on either end of each week which whichever way you're working to spend time with my family and see my children grow up um for me, that's one of the most amazing things to have come out of this, I, I have to say. And, and for, for me, I, I get to work on a few different projects. You know, you, you know you're very, uh, very much the same as myself as well. When you're juggling loads of different roles, you're trying to find and trying to stay positive and trying to stay focused. Um, and I work all day, every, like, all day pretty much every day right and so many try, try trying to fit so many different jobs in so for me that schedule the way we work i'm able to work in the morning as well spend time with my kids because i'm just working next door um and you know and, and still get lots of work done especially with hairdressing live and now the book as well the, the elements yeah. book which i haven't really promoted too much and i really need to get it out there and promote yeah, it a lot yeah. more that's what i need to do because I said that when you brought the book out and we purchased the book and we got assistance on it. And I said, Paul, please start making some videos. Please start give us some structure to follow. Do yeah, some yeah. live webinars or bringing people in so people can really understand the book and yeah. get the best out of the book. But if we just get the book, the book is great, but it can just end up collecting dust and because the feeling is there. But now we have the time to do it. And I'm delighted because you've told me you're working on, on videos. Well, we are going to do that. Really looking forward to them. No, definitely, definitely. During during this time, I'll be I'll be scripting and I'll be wanting to get some, you know, um, to work with a few people that you know can help me create the right content. I mean, we've got the content. I just need to know understand how to because uh, we we won't be doing like long videos. We'll be doing shorter videos, so it's easier to watch and it's a little bit more, you know, quicker, you know, educational. Um, but you know, having some like music overlays and things, I, it's quite nice actually. It's quite nice. But I'd like to get your opinion on a few different yeah, things. Yeah, I'm dying to see. So leading into your last seven at seven question, Paul, which has been where did time go? What would you like? And that leads into a little bit where you've tipped it on hairdressing live and elements. But what would you like the future to hold? for your business in the next 12 months? Um, it's Well, uh, these unpredictable times, we don't know, do we really? Um, I mean, for, for me, it's, you know, it's about creating opportunity, right? I mean, I'm fascinated with opportunity, creating opportunity for other people. 
Um, that's how we grow our business. I mean, for me, I, I want to put our business on, on a pedestal and, and keep growing and keep going in that direction. Um, evolving over time into different projects. Um, but that, you know, that, that's kind of a short window. I mean, for the next year, it's a kind of a short window. I mean, for me, over the next year, it's just get the opportunity back up there, get the classes coming again, get my team operating to the same function as what, what used to be, um, you know, and, and continuing to create opportunities for people. That's what I'd like to do. Yeah, you know, like, I think I've done everything I wanted to do in the salon at the moment. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not a person. And my brother isn't a person that we want to have multiple salons. Mm. We don't want to do that. We never wanted to do that. Um, I mean, for me, it, it was almost like creating. That's why I wanted to create the online space as well, because realistically, I can scale up or scale down. I can, I, you know, I can, I can sell ten tickets. Or I can sell a hundred tickets or a thousand tickets, or do you know what I mean? So it was yeah, all, it was yeah. always about that, realistically for me. So creating a model that, and plus I, I wanted to do something for the industry. I wanted to capture something that it wasn't about me, you know. And you know, it, it's I, I, I'm not, you know. I, although although you have to promote it, you have to do all those things, but it comes in a little bit of a strain now because you know you, you want it to be an industry-led thing and uh, that's what i'd like to do you know try and evolve it into i know it needs to be spearheaded in that direction but uh like as as far as the industry i still want to capture as many education institutions and get them onto hairdressing live to create like a one-stop shop where it's it's rather than it's just seeing me do presentations all day every day you know, nobody want to see that forever. Do you know what I mean? So I kind of, I kind of want to get loads of different influences. And and I, as our as our uh, platform evolves, younger people will emerge. I want to get younger people up there. You know, that's what it's about, realistically. Yeah, it's it because to me, hairdressing like like we had the the subscription for the and the problem I, where it lapsed was because I sat down and with the guys and said, look, I don't I pay for any education for you, but mm. how many of you are watching them? And they go, well, I'd like to watch them, but I don't have the time. And, blah, 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 blah. and the excuse come back. And I, I like the more practical and in-salon ones and blah. So now is a different time. And now I want to revisit with them. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and say to them, look, if this is the, fall, the way forward for education, this is the way you're going to learn. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're going to have to watch them. And, and then we'll sign up for Hairdressing Live again for the, the annual subscription. Because to me, that's, if you're going to do Hairdressing Live, to me, you do it as an annual subscription. You do it as an annual subscription. Ways because you just say to your team, there you go. What, what area is your, look, I know you're a little bit sluggish on colour. Okay, Grant, log into the colour area. You know, yeah. you know, my finishing isn't great. I'd like to get into photography. Yeah, you've all the boxes ticked in, in Hairdressing Live. And that's what I would feel over the next year. You know, I'd like to use Hairdressing Live more. And, and I know you're tweaking it. And elements to me is, is such a powerful tool, especially with the apprenticeship. Like the apprenticeship, in Ireland is going to be a percentage of what you're doing, but the yeah. standard that you want it to be will elements will take it up to the next level. That's what I would feel. Yeah. So well, the, 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 the plan, I mean, look, I, I always think, you know, people, you know, what you're saying about uh, some of your team or people that you do know that, you know, when, when, when they're wanting that, you know, actions speak louder than words. If you want to learn something, you will have to put in the time. Um, like, I mean, how you know to, to become a pilot there's a certain amount of hours used in training to become that pilot 
we have a certain amount of hours that's required to become a hairdresser, if you like. If you if you analyze it over a, you know a two to four year period, I mean, for me, if you put in more hours, then you can clock up those hours way way quicker. So like in between, so even elements elements education is designed. This is your program. Some people need to work harder, right? Yeah. Than others, some people naturally are gifted and and kind of adapt to it a little bit quicker. Then you have some people that need to work at it harder. We need to identify those people that need to work harder as well, and we need to say to them at home, you need to do some homework and you need to practice at home to basically keep up with the criteria of the book or any education for that yeah. matter. Yeah, you've got to work harder. So for us as a as salon owner, you've got to identify who needs to work harder. You, you, I mean, it's not like saying you don't have to work as hard, but some people are getting a little bit more experience on the salon floor maybe than others. So it's all about experience. And if you don't use even this time now in lockdown, if you don't use that time to re-educate yourself, so there's no excuses right now. I mean, you could say, oh, I really want to do this. I want to become this. I've heard this all the time before, but actions speak louder than words. If you go on, log on, educate yourself, you become a better version of you when you go back into that salon. It, honestly it becomes like a confidence and it basically radiates from you as a stylist so all the people around you actually get that beautiful inspirational you know environment that you're that, that you're providing as a stylist honestly because the more knowledge you have the more confidence you have reaching every single client that comes into your seat it radiates throughout the salon it's phenomenal yeah, the best three words I find I, I use, I use it all the time now, even for myself, is learn to grow. Hashtag learn to grow. You know, what I mean? grow, yeah. you have to learn how to grow, but you have to learn. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's and that it's the simplest way of putting it to anybody. I always say to them, learn to grow. Why? Well, you have to learn, you have to grow. You know what I mean? And, yeah, and yeah. the only way you're going to grow is by learning. And, and there's no way of, there's no way out of it. Nobody has that. There's nobody that's, as good as you were with the clippers and your mom and dad bought you, you would I wasn't that great. I used to think I was great, you know. Yeah, you might have got to Cardiff, maybe. <laughs> Realizing that you had to go beyond the door, you know, the, your local town. That's what got you. But the beauty of young people now is it's now, especially with through what we've gone through, we're all so familiar with Zoom and education online and, and learning stuff online. That that that's the new way. And I think that's where. We'll all look at over the next 12 months, I feel, where our business is that it's changed and it'll never go back. It, this is the way forward. And I honestly feel this is the last lockdown we will experience in this country now because I think we understand the virus now. And let's face it, let's be honest, it's not been spread through hair salons. We know that. Certainly is. I just feel that, you know, come again the next time that this, this, they think there's going to be a lockdown, it won't, we, we won't be closing salons. And I'll be, I'll be the first on the street to say, no, lads, stop. We need yeah, the, yeah. this business needs to be open and we need to be open and, and we need Davy Davies and we need hairdressing live. And, you know, Paul, that's where does the time go? Seven easy questions. And I could sit and talk to you all night. I know, I know. I want to thank you for your time, Paul. And it's been amazing. I really loved interviewing you. And we're going to catch up for a beer as soon as all this changes. Yeah. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, Greg. Honestly. Thanks, Paul. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the interview, please don't forget to like, comment, and share to the rest of the fellow world of Salon Soul Brothers and Sisters.